You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter. And I'm going to start off by, uh, I was talking to a friend, a very good friend of mine, you know, friend of mine for, I don't know, 50, 60 years maybe. And we were talking about the current situation in this country, about the uh, cancel culture and what's going on. And he said, well, you know, uh, this, this was the same as the 60s. This, it was the same as the 60s. They, you know, uh, they were, had these uh, lefties. They were causing problems on the campus. And, and, and I said, and they, ta- they told me a story about something. He said, you know, trying to start a conservative club. And uh, I couldn't find uh, a faculty uh, uh, sponsor. But then I did. And I was able to start the club. I said, you know, today... Not only wouldn't you find a faculty sponsor, even if you did, you couldn't start the club. I said, it's not the same. The 60s was primarily a political fight. And since it's primarily a political fight, in the end, people came to some conclusions, some compromises, things faded. This is not a political fight. This is a religious fight. And religious fights are a take-no-prisoner fight. In religious fights, heretics... Are burned at the stake, or in this country, of course, in Western civilization nowadays, they're canceled. They become non-persons. They're deplatformed. This is what happens in a religious fight. And I want to go into a couple of things uh, about uh, about that. Maybe something you haven't heard. Um, I want to start with the. Uh, there's an interesting article in Commentary, the recent Commentary magazine, and it's by Chris, Christine Rosen, once again, the author of You Will Be Reeducated, an article I have urged you to pick up on the Internet. It's a Commentary magazine, You Will Be Reeducated. Her uh, last one is Accepting Crime, Abolishing Punishment. And she says liberals are falling into a... Tr- political trap of their own devising and they're going to reverse decades of safety along the way well I don't I I agree with the second part of that statement they're going to reverse decades of safety but they're not falling into a trap they're doing it on purpose this is this is this is not a trap for them this is the goal the goal is the destruction of society as we know it and that's one way of doing it Let, let me go back Oh, to something that I love, the lefties love to bring up. And I really should. Progressives, the religion is a religion of progressivism. It's, it's gone way beyond what we consider the Hubert Humphrey liberalism. But let's go back to the, uh, oh, the campaign, George uh, first Bush, Michael Dukakis, and the infamous Willie Horton ad. And that's become infamous. Now, what was that ad really about? Willie Horton was in jail. He was a violent criminal. He had a past a violent crime. Michael Dukakis was governor of Massachusetts. And Massachusetts had this pr- program uh, where prisoners could have furloughs. And he supported the furlough program. And Willie Horton, a violent criminal, was giving a furlough, was given a furlough. 
In the four days on furlough, he went on a crime spree, which included armed robbery and rape. Now, if that wasn't a legitimate issue, nothing was. But, of course, the left was completely, oh, this is terrible, this is racist. Why? Because Willie Horton was black. No, because Willie, so what? He was a criminal. He was a violent criminal. But the left went crazy. So now, now let's fast forward. We've got people like Brown and Ferguson. We have people like Tavon Martin. We have people like George Floyd. Every single one of them could be called a thug. Every single one of them. I mean, George Floyd, whatever else he was, he was a thug. He had a criminal history. He even went to jail five years for putting a gun uh, at a pregnant woman's uh, uh, belly. Brown had just robbed a convenience store, and and even though the Justice Department was under uh, the Obama administration, Eric Holder, who's certainly one of the uh, one of the most politically minded partisan attorney generals in American history. Even he could not find a reason that the officer Wilson was guilty of anything. It was quite obvious that the one, one or two, one or two witnesses who said, oh, "Hands up," uh, were lying. That in fact Brown attacked the the officer, and he was exonerated by a politicized partisan uh, Justice Department under Eric Holder. But yet he's lionized as a as some sort of hero. Somehow he was uh, uh, wronged, which brings up to the next point. As part of the religion of progressivism, they have myths. One of the myths, of course, one of the most pernicious myths, is that police go around killing black men, young black men. That there, there is something. There's, there's police brutality is rife around the country, and if you have a black skin, you're 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 in danger of being shot by a policeman, which is absolutely nonsense. A lot of black young men get shot, and who shoots shoot some other black young men? And let's take a look at what's happening since uh, we've had this police reform, uh, defund the police, go to social workers. Uh, the police have been backed off uh, from doing their work. Here's some statistics, and I'm going to quote from Christine Rosen's piece in commentary, March 2021 commentary, Accepting Crime, Abolishing Punishment. Here's what she writes. A troubling rise in homicide rates across the country suggests that the transformation of law enforcement sought by BLM, that's Black Lives Matter, and its supporters has thus far has thus far had tragic consequences, with the greatest impact felt by the very population of vulnerable citizens, black Americans, that it claims to represent. As the Manhattan Institute's Heather McDonald noted recently in the Wall Street Journal, and this is a quote from the Wall Street Journal article, the local murder increases in 2020 were startling. 95% in Milwaukee. 95% increase in homicides in Milwaukee. 78% in Louisville, Kentucky. 74% in Seattle. 72% in Minneapolis. 62% in New Orleans. And 58% in Atlanta. Unquote. And Atlanta's 
probably handled the riots and the looting better than most. And maybe better than almost all the cities run by Democrats. The vast majority of the victims of these homicides were black Americans, including many children. And how many were killed last year in Chicago? 55 children. So you can't tell me that the leaders of the progressive movement, and I don't include um, President Biden among them, he, he has no clue what's going on. So I don't, I don't think he's a leader of anything, uh, except uh, by title. You can't, But you can't tell me that those progressives in Congress, those progressives in the media, those progressives who head these organizations like Black Lives Matter and who fund Antifa like George Soros, you can't tell me that they don't know what's going on. They don't realize what's going on. But this is a religious war, and we can sacrifice the martyrs. And after all, let's get some quotes from uh, past leaders of uh, were supporters of utopian movements. And, and of course, all utopian movements uh, claim some form of socialism because of equality, and we'll get to that in a minute. But here are some of the comments. When faced the French Revolution, I mean, Danton was a leader of the French Revolution, utopian revolution in France, and when he decided that maybe they'd gone too far, that they showed a little mercy, Robespierre had his head cut off. Then, of course, there's utopian movements, uh, Nazi Germany. That's a utopian movement. And of course, the Socialist, National Socialist Party, because equality is very important, and centralization is extremely important. And any of these utopian movements, centralization is extremely important. Now, I'll, I'll address that in a little while. And you have... What happened to ordinary folks in in, in, in in Germany, Nazi Germany? Well, if they weren't with the program of Aryan superiority, they were sent to concentration camps where they were shot on the spot. Brown searched that quite a few times. How about Lenin, Soviet Union? How many people died? Stalin, Mao Zedong, Pol Pot. All of these were leaders of progressive movements. All of them professed socialism. And why socialism? Because socialism is an excuse to concentrate power at the center. It's all about control from the center. Now, you may say if you're a a progressive, well, we got to have control, rational decisions, the capitalism, you know, it it, it causes too much, too many problems. and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, it's too disruptive, and uh, w- so we have to have control, rational control from the center. So, so and the most important thing to control, the two most important things to control is the economy generally. So control from the center. The Obama administration believed in that, picking p- picking winners and losers in the econ- in the uh, corporate sector, economic sector. These green companies are going to get federal money, federal subsidies, federal loan guarantees. Of course, most of them went bankrupt or were bought by the Chinese. Uh, uh, you know, Solyndra wasn't the only one. That was just the biggest one. So we, we get back and we understand it's very important to the utopian 
movements, and the Nazis were a movement of the left. They were socialists. That's an economic left. They certainly weren't conservatives. They were only called right because they were competing with the communists for for control of of Germany. Uh, so so they were, you know, and plus they were instead of international socialists, they were national socialists. Uh, Germans should uh, Germans Germans unite behind the government, uh, and so so we're talking about. And this is leading up to something, and I'm leading up to something I think important. And that is, where do we stand? Who is really in agreement with this, this religious movement, and why? And right after the break, we're going to discuss exactly why and who is in this. And I don't mean that they're conspirators. They meet and decide what to do. I mean, there's a coincidence of interests that, that, that has gotten together that has caused us the current situation. We're up against a break and I'll be right back. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2 only right here on America's Web Radio the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks I'm not angry, I'm just right and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2 the On Point with Victor show only right here on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino back with Two Facts Matter. And I'm discussing where I believe we stand today. And I don't buy this thing that uh, Republicans are out there, uh, oh, well, you know, Biden is doing so many things. The Biden administration is doing this and that. Biden administration is uh, redoing the regulations to allow uh, biological boys to compete against biological boy uh, girls in sports. And that's outrageous. Yeah, it's outrageous, but I don't believe the American people give a rat about it. Um, and the borders uh, are in uh, uh, 
So Republicans talk about the borders being in crisis. Not far as Democrats are concerned. It's exactly what they want. Uh, it's not a crisis to them. It's a policy. They're part of their policy. And so uh, what's, what's wrong with it? The American people don't seem to care about that either. After all, uh, McSally in Arizona lost to Kelly, didn't she? And one of the questions was the, the, the border security. Uh, so I'm not sure that uh, the, the Republicans uh, who think they're going to ride to great victory in uh, 2022 in the House and keep the Senate or get the Senate back uh, whistling, uh, you know, the old saying is whistling Dixie. And the Democrats, I think, have that covered. First of all, they got this uh, $1.9 trillion giveaway. Uh, free stuff. The most important part of the Biden um, speech was free stuff. You had, oh, yeah, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Everything's about the vaccine, which, of course, is nonsense. But, uh, yes, I'm vaccinated. I got my two shots. Uh, and I think people should get vaccinated, especially if you're in a vulnerable group, age group or uh, health group. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, it may hurt some people, but it'll help a lot more people than it would hurt to get vaccinated. And uh, you never know in advance, you know, it's, uh, which which person out of 5,000 will have a very bad reaction to the vaccine. You just don't know. Uh, and you'll have to see. But anyway... Where are we here? The Democrats, free stuff. Also, the Democrats have something else, H.R. 1. What is H.R. 1? H.R. 1 is the Democratic attempt to institutionalize vote fraud. And that's a simple way of doing it. And then, of course, people who talk about that, oh, there wasn't much vote. There wasn't that much vote fraud during the last election. Well, that's a matter of, 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 of fact, uh, how much vote fraud. I mean, with 500 affidavits uh, from people saying they've uh, observed vote fraud and so other things. But l- let, me, let, me, let, me, let me boil this down. There are three things the Democrats want to institutionalize. One is fraud, out-and-out fraud. Double voting, uh, uh, non-citizens voting, not only illegals, but non-citizens general voting. And yes, they do. There was a Harvard study some years ago, uh, Trump talked about a figure of 5.7 million uh, votes uh, uh, from non-citizens. Well, that number he got from a Harvard study, and that uh, the rest of the study, though, <laughs> said that of those 5.7 million that uh Estimated non-citizens who had registered to vote, the n- number of them who voted were 600,000. Well, 600,000 in certain areas can turn elections. After all, the Democrats are, are experts at, at stealing close elections. Woody Jenkins, that Senate seat in Louisiana, the Senate seat in uh, Minnesota from Norm Coleman, that, that, that Al Franken in, in the Senate, a governorship in, in Washington State, Russo losing, uh, a... Uh, a, a congressional seat in Indiana with McIntyre. I mean, those are ones I remember, <laughs> let alone uh, the other ones. If it's in a lo- close elections, the Democrats know how to steal it. But anyway, that's only part of the issue. And that is more controllable in a lot of ways than the rest of it. The rest of it is vote harvesting. Now, when, when the Democrats do vote harvesting, it may be that most of the people who are voting are eligible to vote but would vote for somebody else or not vote. And vote harvesting means, as an example, the Democratic worker goes off to a, a, a extended care home or, uh, uh, and uh, has, has ballots. 
absentee ballots, and he helps the patients fill them out, then delivers them. So vote harvesting is illegal in some states, but the Democrats don't care, and they do it anyway. And in some states, they enforce the rule against vote harvesting. And the third thing, of course, is what happened in the last election, these mail-in ballots. Look, some, maybe even most of the people who did a mail-in ballot were actually eligible to vote, just that they would not have voted, wouldn't have bothered to vote. And, and, and why do you want them to vote? If they're not paying attention, if they don't care, don't know the issues, not interested enough to vote, well, why do you want them to vote? I don't need a reason for them to vote. However, if, if they get a, a ballot in the mail and they get a phone call, look, I happen to know of a house where the owner of the house or the former owner of the house is in Denmark, and she voted at her old address along with the people who actually live there now. And why she got a mail-in ballot that was filled out, never quite got to the, the house, but someone someone intercepted or, or said she got it, and they voted her, uh, uh, her vote, of course, for a Democrat. Uh, she was a Democrat, registered Democrat. Uh, so anyway, there are three prongs to this H.R. 1 in terms of uh, institutionalizing Democratic Party majorities. Fraudulent voting completely. It overlaps with uh, vote harvesting, which is fraud, obviously, although some of the people voting in, in vote harvesting are eligible to vote if they care to do it or, uh, or, or would fill out their own absentee ballots if, if they were paying attention. And the third and most important is the mail-in ballot issue. Uh, get all these mail-in ballots, uh, send out ballots to everybody on the list, and then fill them out if you need to. I mean, there's some evidence in the last election that 100,000 ballots that were mail-in ballots uh, were from New York, filled out for Biden, and uh, came from New York. And they were exported to, to Pennsylvania with, with Biden's name on there as president and nobody else on the ballot. Of course not, because the lower, <laughs> the lower ballot positions in New York were not the same as Pennsylvania. So anyway, when people talk about, oh, there wasn't that much fraud, yeah, there was fraud, but, you know, it's a dispute whether it changed the election. It's not just about what we think of as fraud, double voting, uh, like, uh, I mean, I remember in Louisiana, Woody Jenkins had an affidavit from uh, a few people who said they voted eight times, that they went from precinct to precinct voting. And the Harry Reid uh, 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 machine in Nevada, uh, everybody gets picked up uh, by bus whether they're legal, illegal, whether uh, citizens or non-citizens, and they work for the casinos, they go and they, they're, they're bused to the polling places as they vote. And that's a combination. Uh, that, of course, is outright fraud uh, for those who, who are not, not eligible to vote. So you have outright fraud, and then you have vote harvesting. Some of the people are eligible. You have ma- mail-in voting. Some of the people, maybe most of the people, are eligible to vote, but they wouldn't bother. And the Democrats want to institutionalize that all over the country so they can control every election. So the Republicans are, are whistling Dixie if they think some of these things that the Biden administration is doing is going to overcome the, the allure of free stuff, free stuff. And we take a look at that $1.9 trillion bill. $350 billion went to what? To bail out Democratic-run cities can competently run Democratic-run cities. 
$350 billion came from essentially the red states into the blue states, cities, to bail out their budget process, their incompetent uh, uh, financial management. An additional $86 billion went to bail out union pension funds because the unions mismanaged the funds or they made too many promises and there were $86 billion underwater. So $86 billion goes to union pension funds. Nothing like buying off union votes if you can, although I have more confidence in in blue-collar workers than others. And $350 billion to uh, bail, bail out state cities, blue state uh, cities run by Democrats, incompetently run by Democrats. And a lot of that money, of course, is going to go to government bureaucrats. And they'll, you know, pay off your your voting base, government bureaucrats. People live off taxes. They vote for the tax party. Now they have another reason to vote for the Democrats. They bailed them, they, they, they bailed out the cities they work for. So, so let's get back to the main point, uh, and these are just, uh, you know, on the side. Uh, by the way, yeah, just one last comment about that. This is supposed to be a $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. The $350 billion to bail out cities' uh, uh, treasuries had nothing to do with COVID. These cities were in trouble before COVID, and they just are in the same amount of trouble after COVID. It had nothing to do with COVID. It was a bailout. Union pension funds, nothing to do with COVID. They were insolvent before COVID, despite a strong economy, because of mismanagement, because of over-promising to to, to retirees. So this this was not a COVID relief bill. This was a blue state relief bill uh, engineered by by the Democratic Congress, Nancy Pelosi. So, so where are we in terms of what's really happening? The effective alliance that is is transforming this country, and uh, you you have the Democratic Party, which is now dominated by I I would say the utopian wing. I mean, you know, I always tell my students, what is the you have a board of directors uh, in in a, in a corporation. What's the majority? If you have an 11-member board, what's the majority of 11? 11-member board. And the students go, oh, well, you know, six. Wrong. The majority of 11 is three. Three people, three directors with an agenda. Three directors with an agenda will control the board. 11 or no 11, or 15 or 18. And unless there's a group with a counter-agenda, those with the agenda always control. And that's what's happening in this country today. Those with the agenda are in control. And who are those with the agenda? Well, we have the progressives, and they've got a religious reason, the, 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 the true progressives, not the ones who use progressivism as an excuse for power. So we have the religious and, and they're the most dangerous because they're always the ones that are willing to kill their enemies if they have to, or at least re-educate us. We're up against a break. Be right back. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino back with Do Facts Matter. And I'm talking about the alliance, the effective alliance that is transforming this country and maybe successfully. Uh, in fact, successfully. I, I, let's just put, put it that way. Uh, I have very little faith that the Republicans will ever do anything to reverse it. Uh, we, had, we had a president that, that tried, uh, but he was his own worst enemy, Donald Trump. And he also did not realize from day one, which is something he should have realized, that the, the deep state, the bureaucracy, would oppose him. Uh, I remember Don Devine uh, was a Reagan's budget director uh, or... Um, not budget director. Anyway, he was a Reagan appointee and uh, had to deal with the financial areas of the country. And he said, you got to understand that personnel is policy. And if you don't change the personnel, you're not going to change the policy. And, you know, that's really true. And uh, get back to the main topic in a minute, but let me give you a little story. When I was at the Reagan administration in the Justice Department, a Reagan appointee, I was one of the, my jobs was to take a look at regulations, civil rights regulations, and the various cabinet departments and various agencies were promulgating civil rights regulations. And the bureaucracy had to come to my desk. And it's really funny. Now, what was I? I was a deputy assistant attorney general, the, the highest ranking uh, non Senate confirmation position which meant I was you know, three or four down, rungs down, the uh, one, two, three rung, one, two, three, four rungs down from the top. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at these regulations, and I'm supposed to sign off on them. I refuse to do it sometimes. I wouldn't sign off on them. And the bureaucracy didn't know what to do. 
I'm supposed to sign off on them, and I wouldn't. So what are they going to do about these regulations? We can't put them in the register. He, he didn't sign off on them. And I remember I got a call from the Commerce Department. They were very upset because they had promulgated some new regulations in the civil rights area, which were nothing but quotas. And I wouldn't sign them. So I got a call from the Commerce Department saying, you know, the Secretary of Commerce uh, is very uh, unhappy. He'd like to see those regulations signed. When can we expect them to be signed? And I said, never. <laughs> I didn't sign them. So the next day I got a call from the Attorney General. And that day it was uh, Attorney General Smith. And he said, uh, hey, Dag, I heard from the Secretary of Commerce complaining that you wouldn't sign some regulations they sent over. Uh, is there a problem? I said, yep. And he said, well, what is the problem? I said, these regulations are nothing but quota regulations. The contracts go by quotas based on race or gender, and I'm not going to sign them. But president Reagan campaigned against these things, and I'm with the president. And so General Smith said, okay, don't sign them. Now, I will tell you that after I left, and I made a mistake, I left too early. After I left, the guy who succeeded me signed them. I would never have signed them. They could have done, I mean, I got attacked by the Washington Post for Pete's sakes. So I, if, if, if that didn't make me change my view, nothing, nothing was going to change my, my view on things, uh, on this stuff. Uh, I wasn't going to sign off on, on quotas. So let's, let's go fast forward back to where we are now. What is this? The Democratic Party, of course, is the center of this. They have a catechism, and it's cultural Marxism. So they are the religious party, or they're dominated by the religious wing of that party. And, it's, and the religious wing is cultural Marxism. They have everything that I've talked about. They have, you know, sacrament, infant. They're primitive religion. They believe in infanticide. They believe in magic. Boys can be girls. Girls can be boys. Myths, you know, uh, Police are going around shooting young black males. Uh, systemic racism, the, the nonsense of critical race theory, which uh, look, if you can't prove something, you know, there's a principle in science about falsification. If you have some sort of a theory or hypothesis, uh, you've got to be able to tr uh, try to falsify it in order to see if the evidence holds. Well, there's no evidence. <laughs> Nothing can be falsified. Therefore, it's it's a question of religious doctrine so who else is in there the global corp 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 at least and barry lynn has written about this he wrote about this in harper's magazine and he's a new book has come out by him called um uh, uh it's called liberty from all masters by barry lynn l-y-n-n -N. liberty from all masters now look barry lynn is a liberal and he buys some of the liberal nonsense, uh, like uh, the world is coming to an end because of climate change. I don't think he buys that entirely. But, I mean, I, I, he, he doesn't stand against. But he's very concerned about this global, global power, economic power. And so why are they – and, of course, the, 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 uh, the, the, the most powerful three or four uh, are, are, of course, Google – Facebook, Twitter, these are the uh, really uh, uh, dangerous uh, in terms of the future uh, health of, of, of the republic because, because they, they are, they, they're carrying the ball for uh, 
the left censorship and what have you, and we'll get. But, but what to the global capitalists? What is Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and that whole group of, of, of people? What what what's in it for them? What's in it for them? And what's in it for them is the centralization of economic power. They've got it. They want to keep it. And so, so in insofar as the socialist rhetoric leads one to concentrate and, and look, the country's not going to be socialist economically. What, what what it is heading for is corporatism. In other words, control by big government, big unions, and big business all together and controlling the economy. And they can do it with a concentration of power, in economic power, in, in, in a few large companies' monopoly, essentially, what Barry Lynn would call monopoly powers. Like Amazon's got virtually a monopoly power nowadays. Yes. Robert, I think I'd be... Um negligent if I didn't bring this up because it's a very interesting to me it's very interesting in that it looks like even Democrats now are going after Como and um, you know what he has done in office has been deplorable and I (laughs) the only unity I see between Republicans and Democrats seems to be that even Democrats are against Como now well, they're against Cuomo. They're throwing him under the bus. He served his purpose. I mean, he was uh, a t- tyrannical governor. He treated people like dirt, like a lot of lefties do, uh, if they didn't agree with him. Uh, he insisted on, on uh, uh, making all these political decisions. He, he's the one who put $700 million into a crazy solar power operation in New York and lost $700 million worth of New York taxpayer money. Uh, so he's, he's fulfilled his, his, uh, his usefulness. But you notice, um, the, let's go to some other people like a Northrop with blackface or the lieutenant governor of, of Virginia who's credibly charged with rape and sexual assault, and he's now running for governor. Because he hasn't outloved his usefulness, and he's a Democrat and he's a progressive, and we're just going to turn our, 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 our vert our eyes. And but look, and Biden himself—he's got a whole history of inappropriate uh, uh, touching of females. I mean, smelling their hair, putting hands all over them, and even had a credible uh, uh, charge of of, uh, of assault by a woman who used to work for him. But they ignore all that. He's a Democrat. He has—he's still useful. Cuomo, uh, yeah, well, we we had what we could out of him, and he's just gone too far. Too many people come out of the woodwork, and they never would have turned on Cuomo. The only what started it was the fact that all those people died at nursing homes, and they phonied the numbers. If they hadn't phonied the numbers, even if they told the true numbers of how many people Cuomo, you know, essentially sentenced to death, he would have withstood that because the press never would have challenged him on that. The only the only thing I I would like from America's Web Radio is to salute Janice Dean, and uh, you know one person can make a difference. Now she has a heck of a forum as the uh, weather ladies on Fox and Friends and Fox News, and uh, because she had I believe it was her in laws that died in a nursing home, and uh, so she had brought up 
going after Cuomo for that. And uh, she's the one that's been spearheading the investigation of the nursing homes in in uh, New York. And but that would have been covered up. That would have been totally covered by the media. Yeah, if but it weren't uh, for the women coming out about sexual assault. Well, but no, Janice Dean had kept it in the had kept the fire burning. The fire can burn all at once. What's going to happen to Hunter Biden? An obvious <laughs> problem. Obviously corrupt. Yeah. Obvious bribe taker. And not only that, if 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 people say that what's on that computer is true, you got a lot more activities that uh, are not just smoking crack. You got a lot more stuff in there that uh, is criminal. But nothing's ever going to happen to him. What what happened to Comey? You know, Barr and and was supposed to investigate. I said on this show, I said that Barr wasn't going to do anything. He was appointed to cover it up. He was not going to do anything. And Durham up in Connecticut, he wasn't going to do anything. Not, you know, they go after uh, Flynn for, when he was trapped into a, a perjury trap for no, for nothing, but yet perjuring themselves for the FISA court, lying to Congress. Ah, oh, you're a Democrat, and you're useful to us and what we're doing, you get away with it. Brennan, who lied at least twice, he gets a million dollars a year as a consultant with one of the things. I'm telling you, nothing would have happened to Cuomo if it weren't for the women now seeing that they had an opening, that Cuomo was weaker politically because of the, 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 the uh, investigation into nursing homes. Then they decided to step, step forward. And one, uh, two, uh-oh, three, uh, now there's five. They can't ignore that. Not even the Democrats can ignore that from a fellow Democrat. I mean, look what they tried to do with Kavanaugh for an unsupported allegation that might not have hap- even happened with anybody 40 years uh, previously. And, and, and unsupported. The Baisley Ford said, oh, we have win- I have people I talked to. Here are my two witnesses. And they were both asked and said, we don't know anything about it. We don't even know Kavanaugh is. We don't know. We have no knowledge of this. So she had witnesses that weren't witnesses. She had a recollection which she couldn't recollect. And yet they went after Kavanaugh day after day after day, conservative Republican. What's happening to Lieutenant Governor of, of uh, Virginia? Nothing. What would have happened to Cuomo on, on, on the uh, nursing homes? I'm telling you, if he had been honest about how many people he sent to their death, nothing would have happened. It was only because the women came out and said enough was enough. They, they, they saw that he was a little weaker politically because of this stuff and, and because Fox was, was publicizing it. They decided to come out, and then everything became an issue. So I don't have any, any faith that, that there's a, a, any unity between Republicans and Democrats for any reason. Look at Manson, West Virginia, supposedly moderate Democrat. He has never failed the Democratic Party when they needed his vote. He can talk all he wants about this and that. And, that. and in the end, will he vote to abolish the uh, 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 filibuster? I wouldn't be sure that he wouldn't. I mean, I think uh, I think if he voted that way, I do think that he would finally lose the Senate seat in West Virginia. One would hope so, because he double-crosses the people of West Virginia constantly. Uh 
is a reliable Democratic vote for the left whenever they need him. If they don't need him, he can go vote some other way. When they need him, he, he folds. So uh, I, I don't think there's any reason to have any optimism about the Democrats and Republicans get together at anything. Cuomo has served his purposes. Go away. Uh, that's where I, I think has happened. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that's what I think. But let's get back to this. We have the Democratic Party, which is dominated by the religious wing, the progressive wing, which is religious, uh, and, and which are you know, leading the charge for the cancel culture. And they also have control of the Biden administration in terms of who who's attempting to appoint, who he is appointing, and the policies that he's pursuing. And so, and so why are they getting so much support? And, and by the way, remember that Marxism, and you say, well, they must be disturbed about all these looting and riots that happen. No, they're not. They don't care. If you're a trained Marxist, as the leaders of Black Lives Matter say, then you are completely hostile to private property. And who has private property? Small businessmen. And if they have their own private property, their own source of income, that they unfettered by the government, and their own commitments to their own liberty to run their property, they're enemies of the utopian movement and must be destroyed. And Marx made that very plain, as did Lenin. That's plain. So, so the fact that the looters destroyed small business, I don't care. That just mean, means more people have to depend on the central power of the government for, for their security, for their well-being, their money. Not their security, because now their murder rates are going sky high. And by the way, and, and the media was able to convince a substantial number of Americans that all this looting and rioting was whose fault? Trump's fault. It's all Trump. He got people angry. Yeah, Trump's fault. Sure. Anyway, um, getting back to this. So we have these global co- co- companies, global capitalist. It's not capitalism that's the problem. Free market's fine. The question is when the free market turns into corporatism, when 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 when, when the government, which has a, a essentially in a, in a sense, when the government listens to the libertarians the, the, and, and stays completely out of the market, and you get these 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 monopoly powers, and and there's nothing more dangerous than what's going on 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 today with uh, with with these uh, with these Facebooks and Google and Amazon and Twitter, uh, they are, uh, they're controlling what people, they're controlling what people can, can, can hear. They're controlling what, what people can, can put online. They're controlling what you buy. They're manipulating you. Uh, one of the big problems with, with, with Amazon, and they know what every one of us is interested in, and they direct they can all treat us differently. Instead of the old uh, common carrier rules for railroads and telegraph, all customers had to be treated the same way, no matter how big or how small. Now or longer, those co- those those tech con- co- countries uh, who are more powerful, those companies, than any companies in the, in, in the entire history of the world, they're not subject to that. They can treat each one of us differently. They can aim to each one of us different prices, different ideas, access to, to, to different websites, they can control it all. And 
control from the center. Well, the major corporations want control from the center because that eliminates potential competition. They don't want parlor. They don't want other companies coming in there. They want to make sure they are allied firmly with the powers that be in the government. So, of course, corporatism is a great allure to global capitalist uh, companies. And now, of course, the the ones that don't have any limits to their monopoly power are, uh, of course, these uh, tech companies. Now, how does this all happen? Well, it was an alliance, believe it or not, among the libertarian Republicans, Phil Graham, Texas, and uh, Democrats who had... uh, uh, a real firm idea that this would give the, the, eventually the feds more power and there were some elements of uh, it's too complicated to go into in terms of uh, uh, the theories but it, remember that uh, a lot of this uh, opening the doors to the development monopolies was, was bipartisan support in Congress uh, and that started in the 80s and, and particularly Clinton administration was particularly owned by the Wall Street uh, investment banks, Goldman Sachs in particular. So anyway, we have now, we have an alliance of convenience between two groups that want highly centralized economic power. One, because it's a religious doctrine and they think that utopian situation. And two, because globalists, because they think it will eliminate competition and opens opens the country to be global citizens. I mean, what did these what did these big companies want? Walmart included. What did they want? They wanted free trade. Why? Because they wanted cheap goods. I mean, I used to call Walmart. Uh, they've done a little bit better recently. At least they did on the Trump. They'll go back to the old ways. I'm sure. I used to call them the Ch- the Chinese merchandise outlet. Because that's where they were getting their merchandise, these huge container ships, com- ships coming in from China. And they were, um, uh, and, and they didn't care about manufacturing jobs going overseas. They didn't care about uh, one factory producing all the masks so that when, uh, or all the chips. That was a big story. If you remember this, uh, Taiwan, there's a factory in Taiwan, computer chips. And when Taiwan had the uh, earthquake and this t- tsunami and that, uh, and that factory closed down, there's a huge shortage of computer chips. Why? No one else was making them, or not making many of them. We exported so much of our manufacturing base overseas in the name of free trade. And taking a look at the way the progressives, the progressives essentially see people as serfs. You belong to the state because you're going to create utopia, and and the leaders of of of, of socialist leaders, Lenin made this very plain. They know what's best for everybody. And you talk to a left wing Democrat, and you ask them directly, "Do you know? Think you know what's best for everybody?" And they'll tell you honestly, "Yes." They'll tell you yes. If you say, "Do you think five people can sit in a room and make economic decisions for the whole country?" Oh, if they're experts, yes. Well, read about what's really free market. Read about the this, the invisible hand and how millions of people making a decision are making much more accurate economic decisions than five people. There is a role for government. I'm sorry, my libertarian friends, and that role is to control monopoly power, not allow it to occur. 
And uh, so we have Theodore Roosevelt to thank for some of that. And frankly, we have some of the economic policies that the uh, in, in the 80s, bipartisan, Republican, Democrat, signed by Reagan, and, and, uh, and certainly the policies that pursued by the Clinton administration all gave much more power uh, to, to the global global co- uh, co- uh, companies. And unfortunately, it's one thing having a, you know, kind of a cartel of oil-producing countries, but they're producing a commodity. All right, so the price of gas goes up, goes down. But to have this now in, a, in companies that control how we uh, exchange ideas, how we communicate with each other, how our information, if you think there's privacy anymore, you don't know what you're talking about. They know everything. You're on Facebook, they know exactly it. You're on Google, they know what what you're searching for. Go out and search for something you don't want. You know, um, uh, kayak. I did it some time ago, a kayak. I have a kayak, but I wanted to see what, what was being offered in kayaks. I was researching kayaks, how much they cost, and who was selling them, and and uh, thinking, maybe I should buy another one. No, nah, maybe not. Well, after a few days of researching kayaks, I got ad after ad after ad about kayak offers. They all knew exactly what I was doing. I don't have a Facebook account. I don't have a Snapchat. I don't have any of that stuff. YouTube. I'm not on YouTube. I refuse to do it. I want to maintain at least a little bit of my privacy. How many of you maintain any of it or think you're maintaining any of it? You're you're whistling Dixie. So so we have a, a... a convenience or a conversion of interest um, between the religious doctrines of the of the progressive movement and, of course, the rest of the Democratic Party, led by Nancy Pelosi, have only interest in power. And since interest in power, it means centralized government. The more centralized, the more centralized economic power particularly is in the government, and socialism is a great way to concentrate economic power in, in the central uh, government the more power one has. So you have the power wing of the Democratic Party, Nancy Pelosi, who probably have no principles except the maintenance of power and more power and the acquisition of more power. And you have the religious wing of the Democratic Party, the utopian Marxist wing, cultural Marxist wing, who, who believes if they can control everybody's thought processes, they will uh, uh, create utopia. And this has led... Uh, to to a, a very much of a um, let us say uh, I would say support exactly but admiration for the Chinese Communist government now there's a government that knows how to centralize power and they know how to do it right so you so you have the the this this essentially China has a free pass and they know how weak Biden is. Look, look at the moves they're making right now in Asia, threatening uh, the Biden administration about Taiwan. I mean, Taiwan's finished. Uh, the, it, once they finish tightening their grip on Hong Kong, completely tightening it, they'll then turn their attention to Taiwan, and we'll see where the, how far they go in Taiwan. Um, but I don't see Taiwan uh, really surviving as an independent country uh, for the four years of the Biden administration. Uh, China knows this is the time for them to move. That that U.S. will not make a, a uh, will not make. You know, we won't even apply 
realistic sanctions for Pete's sakes uh, on China if they move on Taiwan, threaten Taiwan. Um, so, so what do we have here? We have a situation where liberty is, or as Barry Lynn puts it, liberty for the master to exercise power over the rest of us rather than liberty for all of us from all masters. And our masters, and he is most concerned about, of course, the tech masters, the, uh, the, the Google, the Amazon, the Facebook, the Twitter, those people. Uh, I am... Uh, and part of this is to make the population subservient and servile, and that's what the cancel culture is about, to make us all subservient and servile. Just take a look at what's going on in the universities, and even in, and now in the public schools, and even the private schools. The show is over. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.